Welcome to Nice Ashes. I'm Nate. And I'm Mike. And we are smoking something rather large this uh, this episode. Large and in charge. We are doing the Rocky Patel Howitzer. Edge Howitzer. It is a 7x70, uh, which is uh, bigger than an inch. <laughs> yes. And uh, this is the, uh, the lighter wrapper. Yep. We have... Uh, Four edges in total to smoke. Okay. And this is, we have uh, three Maduros. Uh, two of them are the howitzer size. One is the Connecticut, which is what we have here. We have a Maduro, and then we have a uh, regular size Torpedo uh, Robusto, and then we have an Edge Fuma as well. That's the same size. Okay. So another bundle. All right. Well, we're going to fire these up. Yes. Here we go. So initial thoughts. Uh, it's girthy. Mm-hmm. Thing is huge. It's uh borderline comical. I don't know if it's the same size, a little bigger, a little smaller than that Asylum thirteen we smoked. Yeah. It's uh, I know the Asylum thirteen wouldn't fit in your V cut. No, it would not. And so this I, one did. Yes. So I feel like the Asylum thirteen was a little little bit um a little bigger diameter. At least the end was. At least the end was. The yeah. start of the cigar is good. I'm, I like it. I'm expecting a good cigar from Rocky Patel. So, uh, despite the borderline humorous size of the cigar, yes. But I like a a, a ridiculously huge cigar every now and again. It must be done. And we're actually in person. We are. And uh, Mike was bartender, and you know we've got some uh, gin and tea. Gin and tea with a little bit of lemon. Which is different than gin and juice from what my friends have been telling me. Yes. So now, <clears throat> I was watching a movie recently, as I tend to do. Yes. <laughs> and in there, the uh, character had a cigar, and they took their, their lighter and ran it along the length of the cigar. And I was like, I've not seen that before. And uh. so I was, um, before they lit it, you know, so they like wetted it and then kind of ran the the lighter along the length of the cigar it was a just a regular like bic or you know zippo lighter it wasn't the torch sure um, but i was curious if you knew what that might be or I one might do that never seen that before uh i'm sure that somebody thinks it does something maybe maybe it Possibly. was just a cool thing to do in a movie yeah i've never heard of that, that. could be never heard of that I know that I like uh, cigars being lit by matches, yeah. as you know. Yes. I it was very resistant to get a lighter for many years, as you know. and uh, But now I, I do. But now I've never, I've never heard of that. Yeah. I know I've had, uh, I had a box years ago of uh, cedar matches. Okay. And I really like the cedar matches yeah. with the cigar. And I don't, it's probably all in my head. <laughs> I don't know. Cedar's got its own, you know smell if anything you know the the sense of smell i've heard is the most uh closely attuned to like memory sure and things so it know. was a cedar smell and i yeah. don't know it's kind of romantic yeah that's kind of why i mean if i can find Just another box my alone cigar cedar matches it's all he needs that's right yeah me and my uh spank bank or uh <laughs> you took it there not me <laughs> I, uh, well, most of our listeners are old enough to have had a 
spank banked back in the day. Oh, well, you know what? Yeah. Uh, most of our listeners probably have to be because I marked each one of these explicit. So mm. they'll at least have to be 18. So I'm sure right. they had something, even if they don't call it the same term. Right. Yeah. Back in the days before we yeah. had good internet, we had DSL. So. What is it now? The cum cloud? <laughs> cum cloud. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Nate's at my place today. And uh, yes. so here, up until two or three years ago, we only had DSL. You couldn't get regular oh, okay, internet. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that interesting? Well, anything's better than dial-up. That's all I'll say. Anything is better than <laughs> dial-up. Yep. And that's all we could get for years and years and years. So. Yep. We that was, that was back it. when we still used the landlines because not everybody had cell phones and cell phones were crazy expensive to use. And you could only use uh, the internet or the phone. You couldn't use them both at the same time. Right. Unless you had extra lines brought in, which was even more expensive because then you were paying for two phone lines instead of one phone line. Oh, I remember a lot of people had two phone lines at their house so that one would always be open when their teenager was talking about oh, it. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, not here, not at my mm-hmm. house. It was a uh, not at my house either. Uh, but. So, well, what do you want to talk about tonight? Today, I don't know. This morning, it's Fourth of July weekend. It is Fourth of July it weekend. Fourth of July weekend. You know what? We could talk about the new court cases because okay. Roe versus Wade is taking a lot of a lot of the energy, um, yeah. the spotlight yeah. from the let's roll back America to nineteen forty three. Right, but I think that the other court cases are more important. Uh, to be honest, I know okay. that's not a popular thing to say, potentially, but I think that the rollback of the Miranda rights, yeah. the rollback of the EPA, specifically to this, but it's all government agencies. These yeah. these court cases don't just apply to one agency. It's every government agency is now going to have their uh, regulatory authority rolled back. Uh, How about the uh, pra- and prayer in school? The prayer, the prayer in school. Yeah. That's the fourth one. Yeah. There's four big cases, and I think that Roe versus Wade is the least See, big and issue. Now, and to now be honest, you would have lost popularity points with me for saying that, but you've got this amazingly huge cigar, and so your your popularity right. is safe with me. I say it's the least uh, least problematic issue because. There's we an live easy, in a state a, well, and there's where there's an easy way for states to circumvent that. Right. It's it's not even a ban. It's just uh, the states are going to be allowed to do what they want, and yeah. the federal government could easily write a law and change it. So yeah, it's the least. It's the one long term easiest. Problem, I think you know, so. easiest for the implications to be understood by most citizens. Right. And it's the easiest for them to get up in arms about. Uh, but it's also the easiest to. Remedy. Change. Fix. Yeah. The rolling back of Miranda rights is huge. Yeah. Uh, Not so much for you and I at this point in our lives, but it's a bigger deal for... Well, you never know. We already know our Miranda rights. What? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I mean. It's not that they revoked the rights. They revoked the police having to tell the person that they just got done beating up that they have rights. Yes. Uh, You know what? And actually, I think that... If we were to take all of these, with exception to maybe the the prayer uh, one, um, most of these, or at least two of these four, two of these four or five. I think there's four big decisions, but there might be a fifth um, that I forgot about at this time. You know, um, are kind of almost directly aimed at uh, the poorer classes. 
Absolutely. Uh, it's aimed you know, at restricting Miranda, Miranda, the freedom Miranda of rights. poor people. Um, you know, if you're poor and, and not educated or you can't be educated, um, you're not going to know your Miranda rights. You right. Know, that's just... Yeah, so uh, <laughs> real funny, um, Mike just dropped his nice ash uh, in his lap, and this was after uh, his Sarah um, kind of chastised us to not make a mess of the room she just cleaned. And it is definitely um, on the floor. <laughs> so, so if this is our last uh, podcast, um, now thoughts, you know why. thoughts and prayers in school for Mike. Yes, yes, yes. So anyway, uh, the Miranda rights, yeah, that's... That's a huge problem, and it's not just poor people; it's young people. Well, and with all the with all of the police, let's just say all the police headlines, you know, uh, in the news recently, um, giving them more freedom to be less accountable doesn't seem like a good thing. Well, not to you and I, but to the lords on the Supreme Court, it seems very yes, good. Lords and ladies. Yes, lords, lords and lordettes. Well, they might be lordettes. I haven't I don't seen. Know what I the haven't term seen is. their junk, so I'm I don't know what the lords. term is for a female lord. I'm not. I'm not assuming their gender. <laughs> the lords and gods. The gods. The, the gods. Yes. Court. The the lords and gods. So, but yeah, I think that's a huge issue. I think that allowing a school official to host a prayer. At a school event, is bad mojo. He's, well, at a public school, if you're at a at private a school. religious school, um, no big deal. Uh, what I saw online was a lot of people that, you know, some people do take note of these other cases, and so one of the um, things that came out of the prayer in school is, well, okay, if you want prayer in school, then anyone who's you know Muslim, anyone who's you know, of a different faith, if you're a Satanist or, you know, whatever, um, be prepared to go to school and demand that you, they, the teachers show your child where Mecca is and, you know, which direction Mecca is. Oh, and the, one like, I, the one I heard was a, a shamanistic goat blood sacrifice after yes. a football game on yep. the football field. <laughs> so, because I mean, that's the whole thing is, you know, and we talked about this before on our, on our podcast, but America was not founded on Christian principles no it was not and it doesn't matter how much proof that you have of this those people that say america is a christian nation they like double down and go twice as hard and three times as hard on that all of the founding fathers were christians and they founded you know this country on christian ideals and uh you just can't but they didn't but you can't you can't teach these people and we shouldn't have it that way there's a lot of people that think differently that's just if we're going to have a functional society in the empire, which America is an empire, we have to come up with a governing system that allows for everybody to do what they want to do and not step on other people while they do it. Yes. Um, and I think the the Christians who think America is a Christian country and founded on Christian principles took the, like the one sentence where a lot of the um, early colonists came over to flee religious persecution. And then they took that to heart saying, well, this is a Christian nation. And that's right. not, not entirely what that means. No. At all. No. Well, the Puritans came to this country to flee persecution by the Anglican Church 
so they could persecute people who didn't believe in their little subsect of Christianity. Yes. So, and that's what a lot of these people, the people being the founding fathers, wanted to get away from because they lived in an environment where everybody had to be a member of the church, and they didn't want that. But uh, anyway, yeah, that's a huge issue too because we know everybody who's a thinking adult knows. Christians are going to force children to fucking pray in school. Yep. That's just the way it is. It's going to be Christians because there's that's the majority in this country. And they're, I mean, that's just, that's well, how it's going to be. And even if they're not the majority, they, for whatever reason, they are the most vocal religion, at least in this country. But when you think about other religions, and my experience with this is in, in this country, um, you know, you can kind of tell who's a Jew, a Hasidic Jew, um, because of the way they dress, you know, just as, as you can tell uh, somebody who's Amish, you know, by them not responding to your friend request on uh, TikTok. Right. Um <clears throat> Okay, Do so they have I, friends on TikTok? That was a little bit. I don't know. I've never been on TikTok. Uh, it's, owned by, it's owned by China. So why would I go on? Yeah, I'm, I'm not a communist. Um, so, you know, but uh, some of these religions you can kind of tell um, based on garb or, you know, at the cookout, things they may or may not eat. Due to, but the most they'll ever say is I can't do that because of my religion or I'm not allowed to eat that. And then that's the end of it. They're not sitting there trying to ask you if you've heard of the good stuff that Jesus Christ has done, you know, right. like for whatever reason, the, um, uh, it's not, not necessarily converting, but it, they call it like spreading the word evangelizing, of evangelizing. There you go. But they're the ones most likely to evangelize. So they're the most likely to tell their kids to pray in school or to, you know, cause a fuss if they can't pray in school or for whatever reason. And I don't know why. I don't There's know. There's no ban from people praying in school. There was a ban before on school officials leading a prayer yes. at a school-sanctioned event. Mm-hmm. And the, the issue becomes, now this piece-of-shit coach is going to be leading a prayer, and you and I as functioning adults know that if some kid doesn't follow what that coach wants, they mm-hmm. are going to receive retribution yep. based on their difference of opinion on religious belief than yes. their fucking school teacher. Yes. And so I grew up in uh, the Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts, uh, made it to Eagle, um, praise Jesus, uh, because he invented the Eagle Scout rank. Um, we talked about that at, at, on the Mount, right? Sermon on the Mount? Yes. Because the Eagle's yeah. high on the yeah. Mount. Yeah. Um, but so, like, historically, um, the Boy Scouts of America, uh, that's not the first Boy Scouts group that was uh, founded in England. And um, uh, I can't remember his name now. I'm sorry. It's been a few years since I've been uh, in that organization. Jesus Christie. Uh, yes. Uh, but he was over in London and got lost in the fog. A scout um, found him and refused payment for his service. And so he was so enthralled by that that he went and met with the founder of the Boy Scouts over there. Got permission to, to set one up here. Uh, in America, but the American one has um, up until recently been very anti-homosexual and they just passed some laws or not laws, but you know, like um, bylaws or rules of operation or whatever uh, within the organization to kind of open that up. But they're still 
very much you must believe in a higher power. They don't necessarily designate Christianity, but when you go to the church services on campouts, they have like the Catholic service and like the uh, Christian service. Then they have one called non-denominational. And I want to talk about the non-denominational one because I've only ever seen that one done right once. So the Catholic one is what you'd expect a Catholic one to be. And the Christian one is what you'd expect from, you know, kind of a Lutheran. Um, so they're normal. They're not, they're not really mouth breather. No, and they're not doing tongues, the, you know, I, you know they're not speaking dancing. in tongues. They're not, you know, I feel feel Jesus here next to me or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's a small portion of the camp. And most uh, scouting groups are sponsored by churches. And a lot of them will, you know, say grace before a meal. But it's generally not overly specific. Um, you know, may Cthulhu's tentacle come up and bless my piece of corn before I eat it. Uh, they don't do that kind of thing. Uh, but the non-denominational one uh, for most of my scouting career was uh, just Christian, just plain Christian. And I went to one and I can't remember where it was, uh, but it was a non-denominational one. And they actually did have like legit non-denominational. It was readings from the Bible and readings from the Quran and readings from the Torah and readings from, a, you know, just a wide sampling of different religions. Um, well, those are three. <laughs> yes, that's three that I can remember. Uh, but I thought it was neat because they had readings from other religious texts other than the Bible. And sure. so when you're thinking about non-denominational, thinking about trying to serve other people's faith, if that's something that almost any Christian would just stop and think, how can I serve somebody else's faith other than my own? Uh, maybe we wouldn't have a lot of these issues in the world, but... Uh, and that's not to say other faiths do it perfectly because there's a lot of, that's just being selfish, you know, um, and a lot of people are, and that's, that's okay. We understand that that's how it's going to be, but I thought it was neat that, that that was how it should have been right for my right. entire scouting careers. We should have, if, if somebody chose to go non-denominational, it should have truly been non-denominational or non, um, overarching religion and just here's here's something from the Bible, here's something from the Torah, here's something from the Quran, here's something from you know Buddhism, whatever it might be. Just pick you know pick a sampling. It doesn't you don't have to do every single religion, but you know pick the the top ones. You sure, know, not just Christianity. That's good. Only one though. Yeah. What were what were all the other ones? Were they just Christian? Yeah, yeah, Christian or Catholic. Yeah. Um, so. You know, but I don't know. And maybe they were trying to, um, maybe as an organization, they were trying to distance themselves from overly catering to one religion as well. You right. know, um, you know, because organizations, you know, come and, and change and grow and leave. And, um, you know, and a lot of times organizations are slow to adopt to modern, modern times. They can be, especially very large organizations. So. Which the Boy Scouts have the same problems as many large organizations, but yeah, interesting. So I uh, think we're what a third, fourth of the way through. <laughs> uh, we might be a quarter of the way through. It's uh, it's, it's good. It's good. It's it's one note, which I yeah. kind of expected from this one big note. of a big of a cigar. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's good. It's good. It has uh, you know, I'd say the airflow is. Fine. It's fine. It's a big cigar. It's a big cigar. Yeah. It's to be expected. Um, it's always interesting, you know, cigars and their airflows because sometimes you grab one and you think, oh, yeah, it's going to be real good and it's, and it's not. Or, yep. you know, sometimes it's real, real nice. But um, 
Yeah, big cigar. I like it. Yep, it's good to smoke and shoot the breeze. Yep. So it's uh, definitely enjoyable. Yes. Um, Not Mike, the uh, Blood Red Moon or the CAO Vanilla. Yeah, Bella Vanilla. Yeah. Um, Horrific. So, but uh, yeah, Mike uh, Mike made us some drinks and he gave us uh, metal straws. And I just, the other day, yesterday, had an experience with a paper straw, which uh, rekindled my hatred for those. Um <laughs> Why do you hate paper straws? They're fine. You don't want to let them sit in your drink for an hour. That's for sure. Because if you let them sit in your drink, or so we went to Chipotle and they have all paper straws. So I filled up my fountain drink, sucked it down, filled it up for the car ride. And then the uh, the plastic lid where you put the straw in started to pinch uh, the straw together so that, because it's paper. Let me get this right. Okay. They have a plastic lid. Yes. For a paper straw. For a paper straw. Yes. What's... And it's the same plastic lid that you you punch the straw through. Right. You know, and it's got like the... So what are they gaining other than like... They got the Satan's butthole that grabs your straw. But what are they really doing that's better for the environment at that point? I mean, they get the like... Did you not hear the paper straw thing? They're they're fixing the environment. They have paper straws. Yeah, but they also have plastic lids. So what's the point? It's the hypocrisy hypocrisy of the thing, right? Yes. Like, we did the paper straw thing. You can't be mad at us as a corporation now. Right. Go be mad at this other company that doesn't do paper straws. Yeah, don't be mad at us Um, because we don't pay our workers anything. Yeah. So. Oh, sad. Well, you know. So I pinched it. It pinched it, and then it was like making this weird noise, and it was getting soggy, and there's pieces of paper coming off in my mouth, and Ugh. just you know. Then I was like, "Well, I guess now I have to carry like a metal straw around with me everywhere I go, in case somebody tries to pawn off a paper straw on me." Oh, well, I guess that's progress, in a manner of speaking. Small price to pay. I guess so. Some would say. Some would say. Ugh. Awful. And then, yeah, they changed the ruling for the EPA. Yep. <laughs> that was our little EPA segue. Yeah, that, that, was, a, that was a beautiful yeah. prayer. <laughs> now we talked about paper straws. Yes. Now we're talking about the EPA. Because we hate paper, or I hate paper straws, uh, but I don't hate the environment. Yes. Um, um, I think there's a better way to save the environment than paper straws. But, so the uh, ruling, and I haven't looked into it, I know that they decided that the EPA could not regulate carbon emissions. But... If the EPA can't regulate carbon emissions, what are they, you know, they've, they've eliminated the ability for these agencies to regulate anything at that point. Because they, their argument was that because it wasn't explicitly in the charter for the organization, they couldn't regulate it. Well, I'm guessing that the FDA doesn't explicitly have regulation of... Oxycontin. Yeah, Oxycontin. Yeah, exactly. That's a great one. Oxycontin didn't exist when the FDA yeah. came up. So now they can't regulate it. Is that what we're saying? You know, where are we? This is this is uh, opening the door to corporate uh, corporate exploitation, yeah. which they already exploit the shit out of everything. Uh, which is about- what their purpose in, in in existence is. I'm not saying that. Yeah. It's their it's their goals to exploit everything to the maximum, but uh, yeah, it's just not. 
that's that's a bad road to go down, boy. I don't. Huh. What a, what a, a world without regulation, which I know when you were younger, you were a big fan of a world without regulation. Yeah, but, um, a certain to a certain extent. A world without regulation is a world where buildings don't fucking stand. Right? That's a world where your buildings light on fire. That's I mean, that is a world where there's nothing. I mean, it's the, if you don't have regulations that companies have to follow, they will not do it. Yes. <laughs> they just will not do it. Well, and part of it is they will not do it under our economic model. Right. Which a lot of people like to stand and scream that it's capitalism. Um, I tend to prefer the term corporatism or consumerism. Um, well, some argue that monopoly is the end result of the capitalist system. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Well, I, uh, I'm no wizard, so yeah. I can't go into the future and find out, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I do know that, like, you know, ideally, if it were capitalist, capital would be the thing that would kind of drive everything else. Um, you know, and consumers would have power, you know, therefore by not buying certain products and not doing certain things. But now with all the government bailouts right. of companies, you can't actually vote with your dollar because if they're going to go under, then they just petition the government and the government gives them your money anyway uh, from taxes. So I was just looking at the airline industry today. They got a $54 billion bailout. Yeah. And for that, they were supposed to keep their pilots and other crew members on. But what they ended up doing... On what? Leave? They were supposed to pay them. Yeah, basically pay them and keep them around, right? Yeah. Well, what they ended up doing is taking the $54 billion, doing stock buybacks, yeah. and encouraging their employees to retire or quit. Yeah. So now we don't have enough pilots and error people... And traffic control people, and at every level, they've had all these retire retirements, early retirements. Instead of using the goddamn money that they were given by the government for what they were supposed to do, and there's going to be no punishment for that. You know, then nobody will suffer any consequences other than people who want to fly. Yeah. Do you want to fly, Mike? No, I don't need to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> good times and stuff like that is just i mean it's the story of our corrupt system yeah yeah none of these none of these uh bailouts i don't think any of them ever had to be paid back either no they were just money given to them yeah uh the little talked about thing about the end years of the Trump administration was that they inflated the money supply by 33% because they just handed money to corporate interests to keep their stocks afloat yeah. uh, after 2020 had the crash. Yeah. And we are going to see, we have to see 33% inflation because 33% of the money supply was printed in a fucking year. That's way before Biden took over and all this. And I'm not a fan of Joe Biden. I'm not going to defend his policies. But consequences are consequences. And it's the last two administrations. Well, it's been more than just the last two administrations that have had the same faulty policy. Yeah. 
but this is the accumulation of long-standing bad policy that helps the rich people maintain their power. And uh, speaking of the rich wanting to maintain their power, did you hear the little nugget that came out of the January 6th hearings? Where Trump knew there were going to be armed protesters, encouraged them to go anyway, and then wanted his um, security team to drive him to the Capitol so he could storm it as well? Yes, I, I heard something like that, yes. I'm not sure if that's 100% accurate information. I don't know either. Other than It's a wonderful story, I can tell you that. <laughs> other than, you know, it's probably in line with him as a person. For him to do such a thing. When January 6th happened, I actually sat down on the couch and watched it on TV. And I was drinking beers. Yep. And I was really enjoying I was like, oh, this is so enjoyable. <laughs> I thought it was great. <laughs> and then Trump would come out and like inflame the crowd even more. Mm-hmm. He's like, that now a message from the president to calm down the protesters. And it's like, you're all good people. Keep on doing what you're doing. <laughs> you know, like, okay. <laughs> So, and I think a big part of that was probably because, you know, the people storming the Capitol looked an awful lot like him mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, skin color and class. Oh. And when uh, when there was protests over Roe versus Wade, Fox News was in a conniption fit calling it an insurrection and a, <laughs> some sort of like, you know, affront to justice or something. And it's like, hmm. Par for the course. When we start seeing the past uh, few years federal here. officials getting French haircuts, then you can say it's an insurrection. I think that the Democrats calling what happened on January 6th an insurrection is way overblown. When I start seeing French haircuts on TV, oh. that's when I'm going to say, okay, now we're in insurrection mode. Yep. And I may or may not have so an opinion about what, it at that time. You, what would you... <laughs> um, <laughs> And I guess you could just, if you don't know what a French haircut is, you can Google it. But, because um, <laughs> we don't know either. Uh, uh, you know what? I don't, I, I just really think that French people, especially French yeah. people from the, the 1790s, had really good hairstyles. Yeah, uh, especially those in power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just a cool term I heard. I don't know what it means. Yeah, I, um, I, all I know is that so I, I got know, I got wood, rope, and steel in my house. Would you? Yeah. <laughs> and a grinder, an angle grinder. Um, I do have an angle grinder. Yes, uh, I do. So would you call would you call the January sixth thing then like an attempted coup? Uh, I would just call it a, an ar- a riot. An armed riot it was just a riot. Or something, yeah. You know, I mean, they definitely had kind of a political agenda. Yeah, I mean, a riot um, has a political agenda too. Yeah. I mean, would you call it? I mean, no, I wouldn't call it an insurrection. It's not like they were attempting to take over the government, they were just well, trying to like, harass the government. I guess, it, de- I guess government. it depends on, you know, how. Uh, and we weren't there and we don't know and we don't know what was all said by, you know, the then president soon to not be president um you know because a lot of people seem to believe that this happened because they were trying to keep the presidency in in trump's hands and Uh, maybe and he was you know he was still president but not going to be president and so to try and keep one person in power against the voting system regardless of if you like the voting system or not I mean, it's just, it is how it is. It is how it is. You know. Yeah, um, that's a separate issue. It's a separate issue. And there's a lot of other voting things that you could go and armed riot over to maybe make some changes rather than trying to keep the person in power in power for longer. Because that's not what... I wouldn't call it an insurrection because they weren't like... 
They weren't actually taking over any government buildings that mattered. Right, and they didn't even take over that government building. They just ran through the hallways yeah. for a couple minutes and then left. Took some Instagram photos yeah. behind the desk, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm not saying that. one that... guy, didn't that one guy throw like a flag and speared somebody or something? <laughs> oh, wait, sorry, I confused <laughs> I that with Braveheart. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. An actual. That's an insurrection. Legit. <laughs> an actual thing that people could do, you yeah. know, not like storm the Capitol building. Uh, where nobody is ever, hardly. Right. They had some talking heads. Even if you know, go to the go. I don't know. Go to your local news station and take that over. Mm. Have more chance of influencing politics that way. I just like the idea that pirate radio. This is related. All right. Pirate radio back in the day was a big deal for rap, radicals and stuff, but now there is no such thing because they can just do it over the internet. Yeah. Largely. You, you know. can just do a podcast. Yeah, you can just do a podcast. And I, I listened to a podcast a while back after Roe vs. Wade uh, first got leaked you know, a month and a half ago. And they talked about 20 different ways on how to induce an abortion without going to the doctor. Yeah. So this information's out there. Yeah. And it was a nurse who was not telling people how to do it, yeah. but it informing them that it is possible to Impossible. induce an abortion via certain methods. Yes. I think with the Roe v. Wade and it's the same it's the same with legalizing drugs is you want to make these things that people are going to do anyway and you just want to make them safe. Right. For people. Right. And and that's ultimately what it comes down to is the people that want or need an abortion will find a way to do it. Regardless. Yes. And why not just make it safe? People who want to smoke weed or eat edibles or do crack or whatever, they'll find a way to do it. So why not just try and make it as safe as possible for them? You know, not saying that we need to be encouraging certain behaviors, but that's part of the government is supposed to maybe look out for the citizens and not tell the citizens how to live their lives. You want to do crack? Great. Go to Walmart. Go to the crack aisle. And you buy whatever strength crack you want. And you know what strength it is. Somebody made it in a lab just for you. And if you want to take too much of it, that's on you. Because it's right there in the package of how much you should be taking. Which right. is probably none. But Well, um, the Spicehead phenomenon really should inform everybody that U.S. policy is... The one we have right now is backfiring. Uh, some people might not know who are listening, but... Spice is sold legally in stores, and it gets you high, and it's very similar to PCP, I guess. What is this? Spice. Or is like it just bath salts. Spice? Yeah, oh, it's bath salts? Spice. They, well, they made it called Spice, like okay. in Dune. Yes. And they made it called bath salts and all these. I call them Spice Heads. Okay. All I That's can what say they're called, is, spice is heads. the Spice Must Flow. That was the, the Spice Must Flow. And it is fucking terrible, and it turns oh. people... Into zombies. Yeah. It's not good for your brain to be smoking these weird chemicals made in a factory, man. Not when you can go out no. into a field and pick a flower and smoke it and feel good. Yep. Dandelions he's talking about. Yeah. Not my field. A field. <laughs> Very near here, though. <laughs> or not. When I was growing up, there was all these ditches around this area on the dirt roads, they all had ditch weed in them. Every yeah. one of them. It was crazy. And the cops never did a damn thing about it, but that was you know, um, before September 11th. Yeah. And, and ditch weed, it's hard to track that stuff down. Right. Because the ditch is legally city property or highway it's, property. It's, high, it's county property, Co- on, county the, property on the county roads. So. And they don't, they're not going to go out and burn it. They don't yeah. care. 
I had a, uh, oh, I'm trying to, oh yeah, it just happened to, um, down here, um, um, somebody, somebody was walking and found like some, uh, syringes in the, in the ditch. Here? Yeah. Um, and they, uh, they called the sheriff oh. for these syringes in, in the ditch. And it's like, what, what is the sheriff going to do? He's going to come down, say, please don't waste my time. Put those in a sharps disposal container. Like, do you think he's going to run DNA on these syringes to track down the heroin users or like they have more impressing things to do yeah you know like i mean that's part of the problem too is we can we can you know uh, poo poo the cops all day long but at the end of the day a lot of times they have too much to do and they've got people that call for the most insane reasons and you know what tracking down the owner you know heavy air quotes of hypodermic needles uh in the ditch no, that's not how that works, you know. Um, when Sarah was managing apartments in Minneapolis, she had to do needle watch, and she would sweep up needles every morning and every evening because people would just bang right yeah. there, you know, right on the front step of her apartment yeah. complex, you know, right? But, you know, I mean, and so for anyone out there who's doing this, the way that stuff works is you can't just grab you can't just grab DNA, put it into the computer and have it spit you out the name like that person's DNA has to be on file somewhere for some other reason. And the same with fingerprints. Like it's not just some magic thing. Uh, And a lot of TV shows, crime TV shows and crime movies, they use that as a convenient plot point to move it forward because, you know, otherwise it's a very boring movie because there's like 16 months, 18 months where they're sitting around banging their head against a wall and can't catch a break in the case. And you don't want to see that in a movie or a form of entertainment um, but you have to have that data somewhere to cross-reference it. You can't just, oh, yeah, we got it's DNA, it's uh, so-and-so, and they live here. It's like, well, that's a whole bunch of different databases that suddenly have to talk to one another. And I can tell you from corporate America, that's not how databases work. Right. We're about halfway through the cigar. This is a good halfway segment. This is a good halfway segment. Uh, we are, uh, it's still good. It's actually still getting good. better. It's, I do, it, it, it is it's getting, getting better. better. And uh, it's great. I, it's getting I think, richer and earthier, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm not usually a fan of the uh, Connecticut's, but for such a large cigar, it makes a lot of sense to have yeah. a lighter yeah. <laughs> a lighter wrapper. I'm excited to try the uh, the darker one. Yeah, me this. too. Me too. We're drinking uh, uh, a jigger of gin, a jigger of lemon juice, a splash of club soda, and uh, tea. Cold tea. Yes. Which was cold, uh, cold brewed tea. So... Uh, for the water I have here, I like to cold brew with uh, uh, Irish breakfast tea, but that's because I have soft water. And then I like to hot tea with uh, Scottish breakfast tea. So nice. there we go. That's a soft little factoid for all you tea drinkers out there who don't haven't done your uh, research yet. The style of water you have at home should determine the type of tea you're buying, not the other way around. <laughs> what if you filter it? If you filter it, yeah, now you have to do a mo- more modern tea blend then, because I don't, I don't uh, filter my water here. So we the, filter ours, but we live in the city and we get city water, and I don't want those damn ruskies stealing my essence. Right. Um, that's not a, a slur on my part. That's from uh, Doctor Strangelove. Yes. So I'm just quoting a movie. 
Uh, does your filter actually filter out uh, what the hell is it called? Fluoride. Fluoride. Does it filter out fluoride? Is it, it filters out a lot of a lot of things. I don't know if it filters out the fluoride. Um, there's a whole like subset of people that believe fluoride um, makes for a docile population. Yes. Which I never had fluoride as a child. That's why you're not docile. I guess so. I guess so. My buddy James, you you know James. Uh, I, met, I think I met him once. Oh, okay. He he's he's a wild man. He came and helped us move, I think, and that was the only time I ever met him. Rooster hair, right? I, you know what? It was so long ago. You don't even remember. There was just some strange guy there, and he was helping us move, so I was happy. Yep. Um, but uh, and then I was telling my Sarah that you know you've been talking about James fairly frequently, and she was like, "Well, you met him. He helped us move that one time." And I was like, "Oh, that's who that was." Mm. But it was like a one-time thing, so it's like I never talked to him again. Never saw him again. Right. So he kind of like left my in and memory, out. You know, he's a wild man. He lives uh, twenty minutes from here on a little tiny lake. It's not a little tiny lake, but it's a lake. Yeah, and uh, it's connected to a river, the big river, and uh, he doesn't have electricity or running water or anything. Yeah. He like pumps said. water up. Yeah, it's crazy. He's a wild man, but he actually got himself a new place up. Uh, Way up north, like on the border. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, his is a spouse. She lives in uh, Winnipeg area. Oh, okay. So, he wants to be closer, uh, as close as he can be. Not that it's too far now, realistically, but yeah. he wants to be even closer. He wants to be, I think his new place is only like seven miles off the border or something. Okay. So, yeah, every little so, bit helps or whatever. So. Okay. We'll talk. Maybe we'll talk. Not on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some interesting things I wanted to unpack there, but okay, uh, maybe not for our listeners. Yeah, maybe not for the listeners. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We so. uh, we try to respect people's privacy. Absolutely, there's, there's yeah, m- yeah. much we can. Well, we're being, you know, it's like you know, we live in Minnesota. You know, I live in northern Minnesota. So the fact he's going to move yes. seven miles from the border, it's like okay, well, yeah, it's not Mexico. There's, yeah, there's like <laughs> uh, there's like hundreds of miles of border. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not trying to like protect his location. I just had. Um, different questions but sure sure um, also you know privacy and, and whatnot and absolutely absolutely he hasn't chosen uh, or been invited yet no uh, to be a guest no um, he has not and maybe one day he will and maybe one day he will share his story and yeah. we'll get the wild story of james he is a wild man so uh, and maybe we won't he's got a great picture of him with hillary clinton too okay <laughs> So apparently she is a real person. He verified that. He well, didn't think that she was a lizard person. Did, did he check for the crease, the line, to lift up the mask? <sighs> you know what? That's, you'll have to ask him. Because we'll he'll have, he, he have to ask him. I would love... Um, <clears throat> I'm not saying James is. Because I don't know. Uh, but I would love to get one of those really like devout uh, conspiracy theorists on the show. And... Um, yeah, like a Alex Jones, uh, like anybody, devotee, anybody. Yeah. That's just you know, you don't even have to be famous. Um, no, no, I'm not talking about at the real no, Alex no, no, Jones. No, like yeah, somebody yeah. who's but like some, a, somebody who's like you know, the moon is hollow, yeah. or Hitler's still alive in Argentina, or anybody um, who has a subscription to Infowars. <laughs> that's good enough for me. If you subscribe to Infowars, anyone, anyone who watches uh, Ancient Aliens, not ironically. Oh yeah. Oh, I used to work with a guy. And uh, I mean, some of the stuff on there is really uh, like fascinating, but it's also if you sit there and you kind of like, wow, they're weaving like a really fascinating story. But then you're like, but they're just going off of like a very bad misinterpretation of this one little like drawing. And they're like, yes, the Aztec uh, rocket man or whatever. And somebody's going to 
somebody's going to ping me and say, it's not Aztec, it's, you know, whatever, um, you know, but it's like a little like carving in stone that's thousands of years old that now to modern eyes looks like a rocket ship, but is perhaps a penis or something else. Uh, or maybe it's, you know, uh, Jeff Bezos's rocket ship. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were time travelers and they knew a giant penis would be flying through the sky uh, in a ship of all things. Yeah, I know. I, uh, I, I worked with a guy, he was native American and he lived all over the country. Uh, and he spent time up in Alaska in the Inuit villages. And he was originally from North Dakota, but he also spent time on the West coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, he spent a lot of time with natives, obviously being a native American, his mother was a teacher and all that growing up. So he got, he loved the ancient alien show. And he always told me, he's like, all this is, is the native bullshit but in Egypt, he's like these fucking Egyptians. They're telling them these crazy nonsense stories. Yeah. They know their lies, yeah. but they're gonna tell Whitey that because then they get money from them. Yeah, he's like, you go to an Inuit oh, village up in Alaska. Come, come here, yes. Yeah, <laughs> these guys don't know any magical secrets. Yeah, <laughs> they're just gonna spout some bullshit because yeah. Whitey gives them money. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's you know the, another you know danger of religion. You know, right is. Um, if you don't know the groundings of it or the basis of it, it's very easy to misinterpret it or to uh, do something different with it. Um, Absolutely. You know, and I think we might have talked about this on another episode, but like religion, when it first came out, when it was first released, um, not first released, but you know, when, when man first invented it, it was invented as a way to explain their natural environment and things that were happening and they didn't know about you know um different uh what what would you call it like forces of nature yeah they didn't understand that they didn't they didn't know um you know um and and science and i saw a great a great little thing on uh, dinosaurs you know because we talked about george washington uh, the first fossil wasn't discovered till after his death so he knew had no idea about dinosaurs and it was um you know the first art the first person to dig up a triceratops skull just hunched over going oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck like you know you wouldn't know what it is how would you know like nobody knew about that until until you know he found the skulls and things and uh you know but so you know religion was a way to kind of explain life or to codify certain good suggestions you know there's a whole chapter in the book or there's a whole book in the Bible of um, keeping yourself clean and safe from diseases before they knew what diseases really were, you know, but they had all of these ideas of what they might be. And they put that in the Bible to try and keep people clean and right. healthy and living for a longer period of time. I've heard uh, speculation that that's where the, the restrictions on eating certain animals yeah, because Le- they were Leviticus. living in a desert environment yeah. where... And that's also uh, where you shall not lay with a woman on her period uh, comes from because they weren't sure. They didn't know. Um, and, and things like that. So, yeah. Do we have more uh, Supreme Court um, rulings that we wanted to discuss? No, we talked about... We talked about the prayer, the EPA thing. Yeah, we talked about... We did about, a whole episode on Roe v. Wade. Yeah, Miranda writes. I know you were super enthusiastic about that one. Uh, great timing, by the way, Supreme Court, to revoke yeah. people's Miranda rights right before you knew there was going to be a bunch of protests and yeah. potentially riots. Yeah, we got them. 
We got them. Nailed we'll them. see. We'll see. I'm, I'm kind of... Uh, this is the uh, second today. Yeah. That's going to uh, be another challenge, I think, that'll... any Anyone who doesn't get read their Miranda rights... Right. Um, I think that's going to go right back to the Supreme Court. Oh, for sure. And then... Well, I was specific, I was going to say, what's going to happen two days from now? Are we going to see massive protests? I'm... I don't know. Not predicting anything. I don't really know. I don't know. I've seen a lot of people... I think the general attitude for most people, most sane people that aren't on uh, one or the other extreme uh, of the political spectrum, because really it's the the extremes that are the most vocal, and a majority of the people fit somewhere kind of in the middle. Right. Um, You know, where we may, uh, you know, I might have strong opinions on one thing, but I'm willing to listen to and hear somebody else's opinions on that same thing. And maybe we can work together to come up with a way that we can both be okay with whatever the thing is, you know. Um, but a lot of the extreme people uh, are the ones that maybe storm Capitol buildings um, and then make a bunch of, I don't know, what you would call it, uh, poor me posts or something um, online. But I, I think that a lot of people, even in the... In the mass population, the, the the majority of those people kind of feel like maybe uh, the Fourth of July this year might should just be canceled. You know, if you're if you're taking these rights away and taking, you know, and that's just on a national level. Okay, so the states have their own kind of say with Roe v. Wade and some other things, but you know, it's just we're going going backwards or going kind of into weird we're going um, into the green book boys that's going, exactly going what into, we're doing yeah going into some strange territory uh, here i'd like to see what hair vaults has to say about uh the miranda rights issue and things like that because the states can still change that yeah you know the state government could require uh cops in the state jurisdiction to yeah. do that and the commandant he's not really pro-freedom that guy most politicians aren't. Uh, no, he is not. And uh, maybe he will break his current losing streak on that issue. Maybe. You know, maybe. I heard, uh, well, I saw, and I didn't fact check this or verify this, but uh, there was some, like, pictures of Biden being very anti-abortion in his younger years. And now he's calling it a travesty to, you know, the nation. It is um, a fact that he has been anti-abortion up until anti-abortion like, or pro-abortion. Uh, anti-abortion. Oh, anti-abortion, right? Yeah, anti-abortion right. up until like the day before he ran for president as a serious candidate. Yeah, he's the last. I mean, I know we've said it so many times. I've said it so many times. He's the last Dixiecrat. In the government. Yep. He's a fucking racist. Yeah. And he wants abortion banned. And he is he he's he is yeah. every bit a Republican as the Republicans. Yeah. He just happens to be in the Democratic Party. Yeah. He only wants uh, abortion. He wants to roll back Social Security. He just nominated somebody to the Social Security yeah. Board who wants to end the Social Security program. Yeah. So he is he is as conservative as they can be. So what do you think about Social Security? I think that the government, because of its malfeasance, has not done what it needs to do to make that program functional for the last 40 years. Yep. Or uh, longer, even. Uh, potentially longer, but at least the last 40. <clears throat> and the 
if they just lifted the cap off of Social Security payments, number one, huh. it would be resolved instantly. Number two, corporate persons, you know, those corporate human beings yep. should have to pay. Yeah. And there should be no cap. Yeah. And they should have to fucking pay. Yeah. Because corporations I, um, are human beings and they have all the rights yeah. of people and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, well, hey, let's we don't make have, a pay. You know what? We don't have to read corporations or Miranda rights. Yeah, we don't have to read corporations <laughs> and Miranda rights now. Yeah. Um, you know, I think in general, like helping citizens be set up for when they're not able to work uh, due to age and, th- you know, things like that. Social Security it's, it's one of those things good in theory. I think in practice, um, just because of we have the government we have, it just would never work. Um, well, unless you could it somehow. Worked, it worked 80 years ago when yeah. we had a government that was responsive to people's demands. Yeah. But we don't want, we haven't had a government responsive to people's demands in a very yeah. long time. Yeah. So. Because we're, so we're paying into, into Social Security. Yes, and, you and, and I. And that is supposed to be, it, that is currently paying for current Social Security people. Mm-hmm. And then the next coming generation will be paying for our Social Security. I almost wonder if it wouldn't be better to set up a government-backed 401k or IRA or something that has... They've been talking about doing that crap forever. You know, the but then, but then that, you can check your balance. You have a little more, there's more transparency you also are subject to the market, and people lose everything on the market. Yes, you but know? it would be government-backed, and they would only put it in government-approved funds, or they could do government bonds, or whatever it would sure. be, you know, and it wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily grow to the same rate as a individual 401k or an IRA yes. would, because you wouldn't be actually managing that money, but it would be there. You'd have an account, and you could go in, and you could check it, and you could see your return every year, and you could say, hey, it's good. Uh, so, I know it doesn't take into account like if you live longer than the actuary tables and, and things like that, but there's got to be more transparency, I think. Right. I mean, they've raided the Social Security fund more than once. So yeah, even but, with the money that they took from it then, if that was to be put back into the pool, that would solve the problem. Like I say, we, yeah. we have such a corrupt government. It has no responsiveness to anything people want. And these elected officials are buffoons. Lauren Bobert, have you heard of her? This no. is, we'll, we'll talk about her after we get done. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea of Social Security. I like the idea of having socialized medicine. Yeah. Having socialized medicine with the government we have now, they're not very responsive to people's demands, and there's very little accountability uh, as far as the elected officials go. Yeah. So the only way that that could be viable is if they removed it from the power of the politicians to the point to where it ran uh, efficiently. Which a lot of government agencies are, depending on the size, efficient and some are inefficient. It all depends. And they're not necessarily designed to be efficient. No. And there's a lot of room there to take something that is efficient and make it not. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd be curious. I don't know if you've done, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Um, but I'm not sure if you've done any research into other countries that have universal health care. I have. I have. Um, and if you have one country that you think absolutely nails it. I think that the English system nails it. I think the English system nails it. They have a public education system so people can get educated yep. at low or no cost to themselves. Mm-hmm. 
and they have a GP general practitioner system nationwide to where your your local doctor you can go there and it costs you nothing and that mm-hmm. general practitioner gets a salary from the government yep. and the government sends out a general practitioner out to some bungfuck island yep to take care of the 150 people out in the middle of no man's land okay and they have enough doctors because you can go to school for free anyway. Yeah. So if you want to be a doctor, and you can be a goddamn and doctor, that's and it won't cost you anything. Through college, or you know, like yeah, that's our, correct. What, what our college is. What our college what is. They call it secondary. Well, or, yeah, they um, have you know they have a names. private college system and they have a public college system and yeah. they have a private medical system and a public medical system. Okay. So they have public hospitals. So you can go become a doctor for free, uh, close to free. Or close to free. Or you can go to a private school, which if you're a Richie Rich, you can go to Cambridge or do yeah, whatever. Yeah. And they have two separate kind of systems there. Yeah. And they have two separate medical systems, too, because they have private medical insurance. So a lot of corporations, yeah. if you have a corporate job, they'll give you health insurance yeah. to allow you to bump up your coverage. coverage. Yeah. Whatever. But you're not not covered under the you're public not, system, not but you're not going to be... Getting mincing on your pillow when you're in the hospital. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's bare bones. Yeah. They don't give mints on pillows in this hospital, in this country. <laughs> yeah. If they did, they'd charge you $700 yeah. for it. <laughs> because a nurse had to walk it from the cupboard to the pillow. Right. That's the uh, so. that's the excuse for charging so much for like Tylenol and ibuprofen is because you have a medically trained professional handling that to deliver it Absolutely. to where it needs to go. Um yeah, I've heard lots of things where, uh, and I just read one the other day where a person uh, had a a non or they had a, a malignant right, so it's non um, spreadable or whatever. They had a, a growth on on themselves, and it wasn't really a danger, but it was painful and and everything. And they were moving to Norway or something, yep. and it was going to cost tens of thousands of dollars here or more to have that removed and treated. They went to Norway, and it cost them a grand whopping total of $30 mm-hmm. uh, to take care of that. And I think part of the problem is the people that say universal health care is bad don't understand the financial strain put on a country and government by people who don't have access to health care and therefore don't take care of themselves and then go on these other programs anyway. Um, but end up being a lot worse for the wear because they didn't go in initially to get it treated right away. And if you have insurance and if you have medical care and you have a problem, you should be incentivized to go in right away. Right. Because that's when it's easiest to catch, easiest, not not always easy to catch, but if you can catch it early, it's a lot easier to treat in most cases. And it's a lot cheaper to treat. Right. Because it takes less uh, intense actions to treat. There's an argument, oh, people will be going all the time. Well, if you have a GP or a one doctor that's your primary doctor, but you have to go to your primary doctor first in most systems, mm-hmm. they know who's the problems. They know. They're they can gonna, run you gonna, in and out. They gonna, know. They're going to weed it out. They're going to weed it out. They're going to spend 15 minutes on you, and that's going to be yeah, in and out. If they're if somebody's a hypochondriac and they go in because right. they learned about monkeypox or whatever, uh, right. which I guess we can't call it monkeypox anymore because it's derogatory to monkeys or something. You're... You're fist fucking me on that. You're no. not telling me the truth. No, that is the truth. It, it goes against the um, the World Health Organization's naming conventions. You can't name something after an animal or a continent or whatever. That's why we can't call uh, it the bat the bat virus or whatever the corona. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or the other names. Yes, yes. Which were hilarious, by the way. We're I not, thought it we're was not funny. Mentioning those. I thought it was very funny. <laughs> it was. Come on. 
I'm not going to say that the W word, but it was hilarious. Uh, only because people, you know, got triggered so hard. I yeah. think it's so funny. <laughs> the reaction to it was funnier than the name. Yeah, the, the, the name yeah, was ridiculous um, and childish, yeah, yeah. but the reaction was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if you have a hypochondriac, the doctor knows. Like, the doctor knows. I, and, you yeah. know, I uh, in my job, it's the same way. There's people that complain about certain... We, we know who they are. Yeah. We know who they yeah. are. So it's like... I'll just call him back and talk to him yeah, and get some details you know, yeah, and be like, all right, come on now, fella. Yeah. Come on now, fella. Yeah. Well, if you, have, if you have educated doctors that aren't in the back pockets of prescription pill companies, right. big pharma uh, companies. Well, big pharma, it's a lot harder for big pharma to exist in a system like that because the doctors get a salary. Well, the doctor gets a salary and the doctor <laughs> will then prescribe what works because in a lot of those countries, uh, big pharma cannot market directly to the consumer, to the end user. There's two countries where drug companies can market in the Western world, modern world. I shouldn't say yeah. Western, modern world. Because yeah. it's not, the modern world is no longer Western. It's, that is correct. It's uh, a global society amongst, uh, you know, first world nations, which is also frowned on. But it's New Zealand and us. That's okay. it. And they have a they have a universal healthcare system in New Zealand. So it's like yeah. they don't need to ban it because there's no reason for them to advertise because people yeah. can't ask their doctor for AstraZeneca products or whatever. Yeah. You know? Well, they can, <laughs> but the doctor's not. The doctor's not going to get to, necessarily give know. it to them. Yeah. But here, you know, it's like the the drug companies that have the money to run the advertisements have the money to. I'm not going to say bribe, like outright bribe, but to incentivize doctors to prescribe their pill over another pill because... Right, um, and the doctors are busy. I mean, they get sent a pamphlet from yeah. Pfizer about how great their drug is. It's like, well, they don't have enough time to do yeah. research on every single version of that drug. Yeah, and if you watch the mini series on OxyContin um, called Dope Sick, Michael Keaton's in it. It's oh, I didn't know incredibly that. well done. It's all based on the true story of uh, Moxycontin and how they would not only market to people, but they would go and send salespeople who were incentivized to be salespeople and force, I'm sorry, convince these doctors to prescribe this miracle drug that they just invented. And they told them it wasn't addictive. Yep, it was the non-addictive you know, opioid. I remember um, that. And they and they, you know, incentivized the salespeople, and they gave the salespeople all these big trips and stuff. And hey, pump your numbers up and that sort of thing. And put a little more pressure on this doctor. And they also released this pill in trials into the poorest counties they could possibly find, uh, which is this whole country, this whole territory yeah, up here. Yeah, um, but you know, they did a lot of it in. Um, like mining Virginia and yeah. the Carolinas and stuff like that. So Take around about Virginia a year. There's that's mining that too, yeah. hello. You know, did I ever tell you the story about going up there? We went over there uh for dinner. Okay. Sarah and I did. And uh just over to the mine or what? Well we were we went to Hibbing and I was we were we, we drove through Virginia to get to Hibbing. And uh I was like, You wanna you know, swing through Virginia? She said, why the hell do we want to do that? I'm like, well, that's the Oxycontin capital of Minnesota. At that time, it was the yeah. number one place for Oxycontin. And she looked at it, and it was just like like grain elevator tipped yeah. like 45 degrees. You know, like just a shithole. She's like, hey. I would never want to go to that place. Hey, name it. Uh, leaning, leaning grain elevator of Hibbing. 
uh, Virginia, and <laughs> tourists will come and take pictures with it. Right, yeah. I think, that, yeah, and they have, like, the, the the ranger, the iron ranger. Yeah. The big tall, I don't know if you've been to Hibbing lately, but they I was a, up there once, but I don't. Oh, okay. Much yeah, yeah, they got a big, tall iron statue. The only guy. thing I remember is how big those tires are on those dump trucks for the mines. They are freaking they are huge. Huge yep. vehicles. They're um, ridiculously huge when you get up next yeah. to them now. Downtown Hibbing is really nice, too. Oh, okay. It's like, I wish that all the downtowns up here were like that. They have real businesses, like insurance okay. brokers, like. People actually go downtown to conduct business yeah, still in Hibbing. Yeah. It's really nice. They had a bar. We went to the brewery there, and they had, like, the patio okay. bar. Beautiful area, yeah. yeah. But I wish that... Not uh, every downtown is created equal. No, no. There's where a lot we, of sick, Where we very currently live, uh, we don't really like the downtown of mm. the town that we live in. Um, and the town that we used to live in, uh, we still just love that downtown, even though we don't necessarily want to kind of live there, you know, in, in that town. Um, not for any reasons really, other than it's kind of like one of the hip suburbs for younger families to move to. And so housing prices are higher than anywhere else, but, uh, the downtown is great. You know, they've got a record store Got they have two breweries now, um, you know, antique stores. They used to have a movie theater, yep. a second run movie theater, which was nice, but, uh, yeah, not every downtown is created equal. And no, <clears throat> there's ups and downs. Our, the downtown here is a lot better than it was. It used to be a real hell, but they've tried to revitalize it and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I can't remember yeah. what we were talking about. <laughs> oh, I don't know. We were talking about, well, we were talking about conspiracy theorists for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, Miranda writes. I don't know. doesn't really matter. Corporations. Yeah, corporations suck. Uh, We're talking about the healthcare system. You know what? If you're screaming at at your uh, podcast device right now uh, and you remembered what we were talking about, (laughs) we're talking about health insurance. We're talking about the medical medical system. Yeah. Yeah. So, England, you like. um, Yeah, England seems to work out all right because it's a mixture of private and public. Yeah. And Americans love their corporate fucking fascism. So, you know, without having that, like, release valve of corporations being able to profiteer at yeah. the upper levels well i went into the uh the clinic two times because i was having uh issues sicknesses uh which i have uh, pinpointed the cause of now and uh am, am now good okay, but good. i went in twice and uh i think one time i met with a with a doctor and one time it was just with a um Nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I feel like for the English model, one of the things would be, well, there's too many doctors then. You have too many doctors. The market's saturated with doctors. Well, you know what? A doctor has more education than a nurse practitioner. And if it's, it's almost the same as teachers. You know, yep. it's been proven that teachers and students learn better in smaller class sizes. But for smaller class sizes, you need more teachers. And to get better health care... You need more doctors because then they can see more people. And right. you're not in the waiting room where you can catch every sickness everybody there has, you know. Right. Uh, and now it's a little different because in, in still most of our clinics and hospitals and things, you have to wear a mask still, uh, despite mask mandates being lifted almost everywhere else. Uh, and that's probably for the best because where do sick people go? Yep. Hospital. Hospital. <laughs> where do I not want to catch whatever no. everybody else has? For what the mask is going to do. Whatever it's going to do. If it's going to work, it's going to work there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think we can all agree. I uh, I went to the doctor's office 
last spring, I want to say, I had to go take a COVID test. The guy had... Uh, the doorman had to call the police on somebody because they were melting down because they had to wear a mask to yeah. come into the doctor's office. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's like, you, you are... Know, what is your problem? Yeah. They, I mean, they have people on ventilators in here. Yeah. You are... You know, like, well, you're entering a place where sick people are. Yeah. Like, of course, they want everybody to wear a mask. That's just the way it is. And and you know what? It probably should have always been that way. You know what I mean? Potentially. I mean, think about Realistically, it. Realistically, yeah. The nurses and stuff, they all wear masks in there. Right. If you're in your private room in a hospital, do you need to wear a mask if you're sick? Probably not. They all have the, the scrubbers and things on their ventilation. But if you're in the waiting room, going into the waiting room, they don't want to introduce whatever you might have, nor do you want whatever anybody else in the waiting room might have. They could have a super contagious disease. Right. They could have uh, not monkeypox. Yeah. Which is not super contagious. Primate guess, pox. But yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. Um, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. As a cigar note, I'm about a quarter of the way. I have a quarter of the way left. Yeah. We're three quarters through. Yes. And this cigar has become very spicy. Very, not yeah. sour. No. But spicy. I, yes. I wasn't thinking about it because I was thinking more about um, healthcare and people that claim they can't breathe if there's a small piece of fabric over their face. Um, oh, yes. And stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, this one's really good. Yeah, it is. It actually had that flavor change that most yep. good cigars have. Yeah. Which again, we are smoking a Rocky Patel, so yeah, it should be good. Yes. Really, it should. Yeah. So, we I was uh, shooting the breeze with one of my uh, longtime bowling associates uh, about the old days when we could smoke in the bowling alleys, and because uh, he was my smoke buddy, we'd sit in the back of the back of the set, and we I'd smoke a cigar, and he'd chain smoke cigarettes. Yeah. And he'd have a cigar every once and again, and we're talking about that. And uh, I'd like to ask you, since we're smoking a cigar, do you yeah. think that they should have a smoking ban like they have? Hmm. A very, very interesting question. Because uh, we talked my, about my, him and I. My experience is uh, with smoking. Um, <clears throat> I remember going to the Perkins and as a kid. And they'd always ask, smoking or not smoking? You have to wade through, you know, all the, the shitty cigarette smoke to go and uh, eat. And then you'd be in a little room like this that didn't really stop any smoke from, from traveling yeah. back. And I remember we would go to the Whitetails Unlimited Banquet uh, with my grandfather and in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And there was a big banquet hall and almost everyone there was smoking. And as a, as a child, it was gross. Uh, and I'm sure as an adult, it's gross because cigarettes, secondhand smoke, yeah, just they stink and there's not good terrible. for you. Yeah. Um, however, with that being said, and having gone to, uh, tobacco Grove uh, by us, the, the cigar lounge, you can smoke cigars that you buy there, there. Um, but they've got a phenomenal ventilation system in that building. And I would, I would say that if you're not having people under 18 in your establishment at certain hours, even, you know, bars, um, you know, some bars are, you know, family friendly to a you know, 6 or 8 p.m. or something, and then you need to be 21 plus. And if they put in a ventilation system, I don't see why people shouldn't be allowed to smoke inside. Um, Bars are really never family friendly. I don't... I was at a bar for breakfast this morning, and somebody brought their child in. And this dad and his buddy were pounding, you know, crown pokes. Well, some bars bars are more family friendly than others. (laughs) Yes. Um, 
you know, because there's some that just have, you know, the scantily clad women all over and they've got the loud music and, and that's just all day, every day. And some bars are, let's just say, you know, with air quotes, classier. Not that that yes. signifies anything with class or with prices of drinks. But This some, place was classier in the sense that it, it, it was serving breakfast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, liquor. But, but there's more bars down in, in the Twin Cities that, you know, you go early for you know, a Bloody Mary, and you get a phenomenal right. breakfast. They've got a great kitchen. Well, they just happen to be a bar. You know what I mean? Around here, a lot of the places, you have a restaurant bar. That's yeah, what, that's what is get. there. So so um, everybody has to go to it because yeah. it's, there's only one place. <laughs> but I would just say, you know, that I think it's fine if it's adults only and you put in a ventilation system. I don't want to go back to having to wade through right. the Perkins cigarette, stale, smoke, gross everything um i said this at the time and i still agree with my thought then was that they should not have banned smoking inside they should have regulated air exchange rates and come up with some sort of formula for places that wanted to have smoking to have proper ventilation to limit the secondhand smoke for people in there and the employees and everybody else yeah because you there is a way to do it there's a way to do it. There is a way and to do a, it. And there's a way to do it and probably be safe um, with secondhand smoke exposure. Right. Um, and I think a lot of like the bars and breweries and things have kind of tried to get around that by doing the outdoor patio. Yes, they have. And that's fine for, you know, four out of the 12 months here in this state because it's winter for the rest of the time. Yes, it is. And, um, you know, I think that's a, a valid workaround. Um, but again, if, if they want to invest in the air exchange and the filters and everything... And you have a high enough ceiling, so I think that probably helps. Um, yeah. Then I don't see any reason to not let places right. do that. Uh, but I just, I, you know, like an airline, you don't need to be smoking on an airplane. Probably you not. Know? Like, no, you don't have to. Well, Charles de Gaulle, when I was through there 10 years ago, well, it wasn't 10 years ago. It's like seven, eight years ago. Still reeked like cigarettes in there. Yep. And you weren't allowed yep. to smoke anymore. No. They just didn't have any ventilation at all. And they didn't and bother it to clean it, you know, or no. put in new tiles, ceiling no. tiles. It fucking whatever, reeked. So. It was horrible. And they didn't, I, I, I was smoking cigarettes at that time still. So that was 15, I think. But um, they didn't have, it, yeah. they didn't even have a place to go smoke. You had to go outside to smoke. Yeah. It was crazy. Uh, like the Dutch airports and the Indian airports and like the Southeast Asian airports, they have a, they have little cubes of glass that have okay. like a ventilation system and you have to smoke inside of there. Okay. And they'll have like little boxes of matches to light your cigarettes because you're not okay. allowed to have a lighter. Yep. I, I actually snuck my lighter all the way to India. Okay. And then they found it there and they pointed a gun at me and thought I was like some kind of terrorist for Perfect. like three seconds. You can fly with a lighter. American At that time, Air. I oh, wasn't American allowed. Air. No, I mean domestically, you can. Yeah, domestically, you can. So I, I flew Delta. So I flew, yeah. you know, uh, all the way to India. Yeah. Uh, with a lighter, and yeah. they didn't give a shit. Yeah. At the three airports that I was at before I got to New Delhi. Yeah. And then I did, did a uh, from New Delhi to Rorke, and okay. uh, no, not New Delhi to Rorke, Varanasi. Okay. And. Uh, yeah, they were they were not yeah. having that. They were pretty yeah. pissed off that I had a lighter in my pocket. And I was yeah. like, and then they looked at me again. It's like, oh yeah, fat white guy. Like we're not, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're not really worried about this guy. <laughs> so yeah, I don't want to bring it back across the board. <clears throat> I'd I'd be okay with it coming back. Um, you know, with the parameters you outlined. Um, 
Right. Well, I think bowling alley specifically. Late night at a bowling alley is not a place for a kid to be. Oh, no. I that agree. is not a place for a kid to be. Yeah. So if you're there, you know, when I bowled in Fargo, <laughs> they would close the lanes down and it would become a private club. Yeah. And they would allow people to smoke in there. Yeah. You know. And that was right at the start of the smoking ban. Yeah. When I was living there. Yeah. But. Uh, but, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, I mean. Even if, you don't, even if you don't put it in the ventilation and you just want to be smoking after a certain time of the day. I'd want them to have smoking or ventilation just because the I, people that work you know, like, there. Ideally, you know, I would like them to have that because I probably wouldn't right. go there if they didn't. You know, right. if I showed up and I was like gigging on cigarette smoke right. they didn't have the ventilation, I just wouldn't go. But then I would know if I want to bowl there, I just bowl before 9 p.m. when they oh, allow people to smoke. It, it doesn't matter. Even when I was a little kid, we would show up at like 7 in the morning to bowl on Saturday. Yeah. But they would have three shifts of leagues on Friday. Mm-hmm. And the lanes would have a blue haze over oh, the top okay. of them from all the smoke. So they just didn't there. have like ventilation at all. They had an air type. exchanger the, the size of a <laughs> like a, like a two by four. Like a microwave. <laughs> yeah, like a two foot by two foot by four foot. And that would be their yeah. air exchanger, yeah. you know, <laughs> with like so. dripping tar, you know, yeah. like nothing. It was doing nothing. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't miss those days. Uh, but you know, I don't smoke cigarettes, and I don't need to eat and then smoke right away. Some people do, you right? Know. Um, I don't know. You know, if you want to, I miss the days of having a drink and smoking a cigar at the lanes. Yeah, I can see that. You know. I'm about as young as you can be and still remember having those, like, still have those memories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to put a, a, a like, a two-lane two, two lane in your basement here or something. Oh, my God. That would be great. That would be great. The house isn't long enough. I'd have to extend the basement out to the edge of the four-season porch, and then I think we'd be long enough, maybe. You could do it. Because you got to have 60 feet. It was in, uh, was it in There Will Be Blood? Yeah, yeah. He had a bowling lane in his house. Yeah. He had, like, two lanes. White House has a bowling lane in it. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember which uh, president uh, put him in. Lincoln. But, yeah, maybe it was. <laughs> maybe it was, yeah. Uh-huh. It, was, it, was, it was a good one, though. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what his policies were. He's a bowler. Yeah, he, yeah, well, yeah. Whatever the best president is, in your opinion, that's who put the bowling right. in. Because he's a bowler. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Now we know. I know Richard Nixon was a bowler, and he definitely didn't have the best uh, policies. Yeah. But you know, he's less conservative than our current president in many yeah. ways. <laughs> Mr. Richard Nixon, the man who signed in the EPA. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Is there a way outside of a Supreme Court case to give the EPA back the power it needs to do what it's doing? Uh, is question number one. Question number two is... Uh, was, yes, there is. Okay. Was what the EPA was doing, was it helping? Was it fixing things? The EPA never actually enacted any policy because they got sued before they could. Okay. They want to do a carbon a cap and trade system in the United States, which is, there's arguments to, about whether it's actually functional or not. Yeah. Um, there, there are arguments about whether that's functional or not. But the, uh, so they never enacted the policy for cap and trade for carbon emissions. Yeah. The Congress would have to pass a law explicitly saying that the EPA was allowed to regulate carbon. Which would basically update their charter. Yes. Effectively. Yes. And then it would circumvent this Supreme Court decision. It wouldn't circumvent it. It would 
basically like do what the court said that it has to yeah. do. Because like the legal stuff is is very very strange because it kind of you have to target the language at certain things that then make this right. or that legal or illegal. Right. And uh, if under... you don't qualify under that initial condition, then the two outcomes or three outcomes don't right pertain. If they like the current court is saying that if the legislature doesn't explicitly say that this and this and this, then it's not uh, enforceable. Yeah. So things like segregation would be legal under that. I don't think that there's a law in the United States that bans segregation. So they could theoretically, because the Supreme Court decided that separate but equal was was illegal. The Supreme Court unconstitutional. Yeah. And the Supreme Court decided that black people were citizens. Yeah. Not the law of the U.S. government, yeah. right? The U.S. government never made a law that says that because conservatives would never, ever pass yeah. a law. Conservatives of that era. Who knows yes. about now? We'll see. So I think that might be the next. The next one will be, you know, they might not segregate on race, but they might try to segregate on sexual orientation. I know that mm-hmm. in uh, Texas right now, there there's talk about them trying to enforce the sodomy laws, um, which is interesting. I know that the court case where that was overthrown was uh, an apartment, a, apartment or a, like a landlord wouldn't rent to a gay couple because he didn't want sodomy to happen in his apartment complex. Okay. And they were basically said, well, you can't prove that they're going to do it. So, you know, piss yeah. off. But we'll see how that all goes. I mean, it's well, easy to crap on minorities. Yeah. And if you, you know, take precautions and are clean, uh, sodomy is no more dirty than well, most Oral sex is also sex considered acts. sodomy, according to the Texas law. Well, Texas is weird. Yes. So, um, and also <clears throat> Texas, which I didn't never would have thought of because of the Texas Rangers and everything, but they also have the um, most cowardly police force. Uh, you know, I I don't think they do. I think it's pretty standard. Not sure if you were aware, but there was some people complaining about police and what they were doing uh, a couple of years back. We had a lot of. Uh, riots <laughs> here you're talking yeah no in the united states in general but here also specifically <laughs> yeah i'm not sure if you're aware of that you you happen to live in a city that was kind of like shut down for a significant period of time and you know what when happened? you say shut down you mean burnt down large portions of it were yeah, yeah. you know i didn't change a goddamn thing either they didn't pass a single law to change no. anything why would they nothing has changed like I say, even that is not not enough. Not that we're saying we need to do more. <laughs> yeah. So for like, the like, people and like, by the people. Yeah, like like many people have said, don't blame the Republicans for all the things that are happening. They've always said that they wanted this to happen. Blame both blame of them. the Democrats for allowing it to happen. Well, blame both of them because they, they're in collusion with one another. Because well, they yeah. don't actually care anything about you or you, you or me. No, I don't they see don't, a functional difference. They don't difference. care about minorities or majorities so long as one of those two parties is in power. They don't care. Because one, as long as they're in power, they get all the money. 
They get all right. the say. They get all the whatever. Well, when, Hall- when uh, Obama ran against McCain back in the day, Halliburton gave each candidate the same amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> well, why not? What is that? What is that? Uh, oh, I think it's from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's like, I'm playing both sides, so I always yeah. win. <laughs> That's exactly what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think the people that are deluded into, you know, the Trump versus Biden or, you know, my candidate versus your candidate, uh, that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Just these, just accept that they're both garbage. These corporations are funneling money to both sides because if they give them money when they're in power, they get breaks. And the other person doesn't care that they gave their opponent money because they both came out ahead. You know what I'm saying? Like, they both made money, so they laugh about it in their cigar bowling alleys. Right. And they say, ha, 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 I see you're smoking your Halliburton uh, cigar there, and I am too. You know, yep. like that's what they say. I'm sure. Well, you know, if you're living in Tsarist Russia, does it really matter to the serf if the Tsar is Nicholas or his fucking brother? Does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're still in Tsarist Russia. It doesn't really matter, does it? You're king of the who? The Britons. <laughs> well, I didn't vote for you. Yeah. That's not how that works. <laughs> I heard that one too. Don't say in Minecraft, say in Tsarist Russia. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> until, until it's a new thing. Yeah. You know, in Skyrim. Yeah, in uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven or whatever it is. I never played that one. I never played it either, but I know it made a lot of buzz because you can customize like your character's genitalia. Oh, that's pretty cool, fan, pretty fancy. (laughs) You know what, Mike's downloading after this episode. I'm gonna give this chick the biggest Johnson anyone's ever seen. Uh, (laughs) Click cock. to be at least as big as the Rocky Patel howitzer. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and just as spicy. Oh, it has actually the, the very I, end know of this what? is This is the best spicy. part of the whole thing, I think. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, it started out good and a kind of a mellow earthy. It got real nice and earthy in the middle and then now we've got some real nice spice going. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Mike and I, as we've said before, we like the spicy cigars. Yes, we do. So, no, it's good. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to put a roach clip on it, but... No, I wouldn't ever anyway. <laughs> Even if it was, you know, like yeah. the greatest cigar of all time, I still probably wouldn't. Yeah. Because you're only, you're not yeah. supposed to smoke them all the way down. Just as our, um, what, our disclaimer is um, Mike and I are not to be trusted when we're drinking and, and kind of uh, talking with one another. So sometimes certain things need to be removed because... Yeah, absolutely. Um, for reasons that are not necessarily strictly always legal, but uh, yeah. sometimes could be. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We won't. We'll never mention the Clinton necktie ever again. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we don't want to go to Gitmo. Did um, you hear about the Clinton advisor that uh, hung himself and also shot himself with a shotgun in the face? No. <laughs> so one of, the, one of the former Clinton advisors in Little Rock. Went to a farm that he's never been to. <laughs> Simultaneously hung himself and shot himself in the face with a shotgun. And they called it a suicide. <laughs> this is like the 23rd Clinton advisor has mysteriously had a <laughs> suicide. 
like um, oh my god <laughs> you know when when uh when epstein uh, somehow managed to hang himself yes he managed to hang himself in the in the only cell that had a failed camera in yes. the only hallway that had a failed camera. yeah and the only block that had guards on break for a lengthy period of time right yeah with the only uh his only roommate that was like a cop who was convicted of being like a serial killer whatever yeah. the fuck it was yeah so, <laughs> like a dirty cop his roommate you know. was a dirty cop <laughs> so there's lots of things out there um that if you look into them you'll kind of be depressed or <laughs> You know, just laugh at the absurdity of well, you some got, of the stuff. That, you got, um, you know what? You got to laugh because what am I going to do? You know, I don't live in I mean, Little Rock. I mean, some God. of the stuff that the populace believes, right? That's spoon fed to them by the media. Oh, I looked into that story, and they had like interviews with the ranch hands. Like, yeah, we've never seen this guy. He's never been here. <laughs> Magically, he drives out to this ranch, yeah. and then like, you know, he, like he what Google mapped it. This would be a pretty place to do a horrific act on myself. Yes. Yep, and then. Both hung and shot himself with a shotgun. That's yeah. pretty pretty that dedicated. Talent. That takes talent. That does. That is that is that is like 1936 in Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, committed to committing suicide. Yeah. <laughs> we can't stop him. Yeah. Not to denigrate keep, Mississippi keep explicitly. <laughs> I think uh, just in general, the South at, in that era. Yes. The yes. South of that era in that era, because the South mm-hmm. of that era was. A lot more north than a lot of us would think. Yes. Yes, it was. But. Well, that was like. Uh, I always thought the Mason-Dixon line was like way down, but it's not. It's, no. It's pretty high up there. Oh, yeah. So. One of my favorite Supreme Court cases when I was in college was uh, a Minnesota case. And it was a free speech case. And uh, there was a black guy in Minneapolis who was living there. And then the Ku Klux Klan came and burned a cross on his yard. So yeah. they arrested these Klan members. Yeah. Like, you can't burn across some people's yard, blah, blah, blah. So the guy made a First Amendment argument that he had the freedom of speech to do it. Mm-hmm. And the court was like, you can burn a cross on your yard, yes. but you can't burn a cross on his yard. Yeah. You're going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> and they charged him with like terrorizing, well, the version of terrorizing at that time and yeah. property damage because he burned his grass. Yeah. So... Yeah. <laughs> Well, and that's a very reasonable response to that kind of legal challenge. Right. You know, and that's the whole point of, you know, the First Amendment. And if you're making death threats on somebody, you're no longer exercising the First Amendment. Right. You know, um, if you're, well, credible death threats on somebody, uh, you're no longer making First Amendment cases, um, especially if it's a person not in the public view. Like you can say certain things about people in the public view that you could never say about another citizen because it would be libel, slander, uh, some other thing. But people in the public view don't have a lot of those same protections, at least legally right now. We'll see what the Supreme Court does if they're done or if they're going to keep kind of rolling things back there. But um, Oh, they're rolling them forward, Nate. Rolling them forward so that we can get... um, what rat parts in our canned beans and things? Oh, uh, it's you know we're rolling it forward. That was a fourteen forty eight. Is that that weird number? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. We're rolling it. We're rolling it forward, forward. to that. We're yeah. going I'll just all around the horn. Just go around the horn. Yeah. Go through the year three thousand, and then boom, we're gonna reset the clock. Go back to fourteen forty eight. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that the Supreme Court's on Stormfront. <laughs> They're on something, man. They might be on the spice, I think. Oh, my God. Maybe they are on the spice. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, about to the end of this cigar. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've got about an hour and a half, two hours, 
and you want a delicious cigar and you don't want to have more than one cigar in that time frame, a very, very good cigar. Yep. I would say, you know, I'm not necessarily a Connecticut fan, yeah. but this it's was well. uh, great. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. I'm almost uh, kind of, I don't know how much different the Maduro is going to be. Yeah, I'm curious. Though. Yeah, because this was really, uh, yeah. really good and... It had that nice flavor transition that yeah. I, I appreciate. It started out mellow, know? and then it got more more complex, which was great. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, I highly recommend the howitzer. Don't let the size intimidate you. Yes, as they say. Uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yes. Uh, just make sure it's <laughs> good and wet before you light it. Well, good and wet before you start smoking on it. Yeah. <laughs> So thanks for listening. We'll catch you next episode. Bye-bye.